inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about why we, as elementary teachers, teach mathematics. This concept seems a bit juvenile to be discussing. I mean, really, we teach mathematics every day in elementary school. But today, I'm going to discuss five reasons why we should teach math and teach it really well, and five ideas you can use to help make mathematics creative, engaging, and culturally rich for your students. So this episode today is really a win-win, five plus five, five reasons why we should teach math and five ideas you can use in your classroom. So by the end of this episode, I promise you'll have five reasons why you should teach math and five enhanced ideas you can use to help make mathematics creative, engaging, and culturally rich for your students. And stay tuned for the cut that out section of this podcast where I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the tips we talked about and use them right away. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, this episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Before I begin to discuss my reasons why we as elementary teachers should teach mathematics, I might recommend having this discussion with your students. Seriously, take a few moments before teaching any math lesson and ask your students, why do we learn math? Or you could ask, what is the purpose for learning mathematics? Or even, what are five reasons we should continue to learn math this school year? Sometimes I think that when students are asked and given time to validate something that they are learning, or in some instances really don't like to learn in the case of learning math, you know, the adage, either you like it or you don't for a variety of reasons, your students might be able to better become invested again in actually learning mathematics. Because now there's a reason for learning something rather than my teacher's telling me to learn this or it's on the next standardized test. In actuality, there may be really good reasons that your students come up with to learn math and some good reasons that you could come up with for teaching it. And here's my top five, and maybe they'll become yours too. Number one, math is useful. Virtually everyone needs to be able to do some mathematics at some point in their lives. In fact, I was having this conversation just the other day with my second grade son. 
Obviously, some fields, such as the sciences and engineering, require a bit of mathematical knowledge, quite a bit, actually, but even in our own everyday lives, we have to count, add, exchange currency, tell time, and measure something. In fact, I think I've done all of those things probably before 10 o'clock in the morning today. So in order to use math, one must understand math. So math is pretty useful in our everyday lives. Number two, Math helps solve problems. Math is really all about problem solving, and don't we want our students to become excellent problem solvers anyway? In order for someone to solve problems, he or she must develop some skills, and studying mathematics can help us develop the ability to spot patterns, work backwards, visualize things, work systematically, and use good logical reasoning skills. So arguably, whether a student is working on a simple addition problem or some complex algebra one, these skills are being practiced, and that's a really good thing. And bonus, these skills can transfer into other content areas as well. So double bonus, I guess. Number three, math isn't just for smart kids, it's for all kids. One of my favorite mathematical websites is called The Art of Problem Solving, and it's at artofproblemsolving.com. On this website, teachers and students can access articles, book recommendations on teaching math, and purchase different online, in-person, and textbook programs, such as my favorite for elementary students, especially those that really want to explore math in a different and deeper way. It's called Beast Academy. Highly recommend. If you're not familiar with this website, I recommend you go spend about 15 minutes on it, and you probably will fall in love. But nevertheless, One of their blog posters, Dominique Stringer, posted the following in a short blog about why everyone should learn math. She said, and I quote, math is often viewed as a subject you either get or you don't. But most of math is not about natural talent. It's about your approach to learning. If people approach math thinking they can't be good at it, then they've set themselves up to fail. Just like any other skill, success comes with practice. There are many brilliant mathematicians in this world, but we should remember that they all had to start at the beginning, just like we do, end quote. So learning math isn't just for smart kids who get it. All students can benefit from mathematics instruction and overcoming the struggle that often comes with learning something difficult like math. Number four, math builds resiliency. Some kids can spend a few minutes on problems and have them all figured out, while other students spend many minutes or even several painful hours working on problems, either in class or as homework after school. As an adult, we can know and understand that struggling with the difficult stuff in life is often our greatest reward, but students, especially young students, really don't often understand this complex way of thinking just yet. So in order to build resiliency in them, and maybe even in ourselves, we must struggle some, work through it, and move forward. But young students, or maybe even many students in your classroom, meet struggle with frustration, anger, and the ability to say, I give up. Maybe our part as adults and teachers is to help students with the struggle, and the not-so-comfortable feelings that go with struggle in order to come out on the other side. 
So modeling the process of working through a problem, showing that even you may have some frustration and anger towards that problem, getting back on track and ultimately solving the problem together might be the best lesson of the whole school day. Helping students to feel frustrated and uncomfortable when the math problem is more difficult can, in the long run, help to strengthen their patience and their stamina and the ability to adapt to situations that they encounter for the very first time. In other words, the more we struggle now, the stronger we will be later. So math can teach resilience when faced with a variety of challenge. Finally, math is part of all cultures. It's often said that mathematics is a universal language, and mathematics really is not a cultural-free discipline. In fact, all cultures are rich in artifacts that exhibit mathematical concepts. According to the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics, or NCTM for short, students should be exposed to a variety of diversified experiences that are related to the cultural, historical, and scientific evolution of mathematics. What better way to engage students in richer cultural experience than through the teaching of mathematics? Elementary teachers can and should connect and integrate mathematics and culture. According to Gloria Latson-Billings, she says, Content integration refers to the ways in which teachers include and infuse data and examples from diverse cultural groups in their work. So to do this, elementary teachers must take into account the students' interests and use familiar situations that relate to their experiences when planning lesson plans and activities. This integration can be really, really small, but motivate and enable students to engage in activities that encourage them to understand the cultural traditions of others and maybe even of themselves. So how can you, the elementary teacher, help make mathematics creative, engaging, and culturally rich for your students? Well, here are five ways you can implement into your classroom right away. And although I have five ways here, I might caution you into trying and working through these tips maybe one or possibly two at a time because they may take a while for your students and for you to catch on to them, but I'll guarantee that they'll make a positive impact once they become a habit. Number one, build up students' mathematical confidence. According to a 2018 study from the Philadelphia-based Society for Industrial and Applied Mathematics, more than two-thirds of the 400 U.S. high school math teacher respondents, or a whopping 68%, cited that lack of confidence as a problem that prevents their students from succeeding in mathematics. Now, I know that these are high school teachers, but we as elementary teachers send our kids to high school. So if we don't help our students in elementary school have the confidence in mathematical reasoning, then how are they going to do it in high school? So how would you build up your students' confidence so that they're prepared when they get to high school? Use a progression of easier problems while moving toward more difficult problems where students have to struggle a bit and figure out what to do with that struggle before ultimately solving that problem. So for example, in my classroom, I would offer easier problems when we began a topic and then offer up more challenging one for those, I would say, who wanted to try them out. So sometimes I would put an easy problem or two easy problems on the board when we were first starting out and then 
Leave those up and add three more problems of different ability levels onto the board underneath. And so students could then select which of the three problems they wanted to do next. When a student selected a more difficult problem and couldn't get it, we'd play a game called You Be the Teacher. Another student would offer suggestions on how to solve the problem for everyone, and it didn't really matter whether the suggestions that were offered were going to lead toward a path of success or not. It was really just about getting them talking, talking through the struggle, and talking through their thought processes that would allow every student in the classroom to grasp the more challenging content. Sometimes the students could say things better or in a more understandable way for their peers than I could even. So then we'd work through the challenges together. This process would show students that there's no right or wrong way to doing the math, and ultimately, really, we would all end up successful in the end. Number two, encourage questioning and make space for curiosity. In the same study, 66% of the respondents said their best piece of advice for students looking to do well in math was not only paying attention to the lesson, but also asking for clarification when they need to better understand something. So let your students keep the questions coming. I'd make sure that students had the ability to ask questions throughout the lesson. So if you have to, write in your lesson plan or give yourself a little phrase off to the side of where you keep your cheat sheet notes as you're teaching that says pause for questions so that you make sure you actually do that and give the students time to ask the questions. Or at the very least, be sure to circulate around the classroom to answer any questions of your students as they arise when they're working. It might mean that some days you'll get through a bit less content, but your students will have a better and a deeper understanding of what's going on. And we all know that each lesson in mathematics builds upon the next. So that building block is going to be solid. That's a win-win. Also encourage students to work through math problems in different ways. Like some teachers ask students to show two ways of solving problems, but I would recommend changing the language every once in a while to say, I wonder if we could solve this problem in a different way. What if we did? Or does anyone have any other way that they solve the problem? This may pique the student's curiosity or at the very least show them that there's more than one way to solve a problem. Number three. Emphasize conceptual understanding over procedure. Three out of four of the respondents in that same study emphasized that working hard to understand math concepts and when to apply them was more essential to mathematical success than simply memorizing formulas. I think there's a time and a place for the math formula, and I do remember back in my math classes when I did better, sometimes by just strictly plugging and chugging the numbers into that formula that I had memorized for the test. But I do also recall there were many more times when the teacher took a few extra minutes to break down that formula and actually show me and the class how it worked and why it was the way it was. So maybe if I was memorizing that formula, it at least stuck better because I knew what it was all about. My husband and I just started teaching our son multiplication, and the cool part about the way that happened was that we began with a conversation. There was nothing written down, and how sometimes you needed to add numbers together really quickly instead of doing them in a slower way. So hence, multiplication became a quicker version of addition, 
When my son understood this concept and tried out a few problems also done orally, we showed him the multiplication symbol and how it was used with some corresponding addition problems. Like I wrote down for him five times three equals 15, or I said, that's the same way of saying five plus five plus five equals 15. And so now he knows when to use multiplication and why, or maybe even more importantly, why not to use it. Number four, provide authentic problems that increase students' drive to engage with math. Those same participants in the SIAM study said 63% of them pointed to students' desire, initiative, and motivation as the most important reasons for being successful in math. Because as I explained earlier, math is everywhere. Further to this point, 80% of the survey participants said that applying math to real-world problems helps increase both student interest and their understanding. That's a lot, 80%, just by tweaking the problem a little bit to make it more relevant to your students. I'd also argue that there's a relationship between the engagement in the problem and tapping into students' cultures too, so five minutes spent considering a bit more culturally relevant or real-to-their-world problem could be time well spent for you and for your students. And finally, number five, share positive attitudes about math. The reality really is that not everyone, for whatever their reason, likes math, but during school time, it's important not to give math a bad rap. Find some way to engage yourself and your students in learning math, because all teachers should avoid talking negatively about math, especially avoid saying that it's hard or it's useless, because truly, it's neither one of those things all of the time. So put on your happy math face and get learning. So there you have it. Five tips to help make mathematics creative, engaging, and culturally rich for your students. And remember, try one or two of these tips at a time as to not overwhelm yourself or your students. Here they are again. Tip number one, build up your students' mathematical confidence through progressive learning and or scaffolding. Tip number two, encourage questioning and make space for curiosity. Tip number three, Emphasize conceptual understanding over procedure by ensuring students know why they are doing what they're doing. Tip number four, provide authentic problems that increase your students' drive to engage with math and bonus if you can make them culturally relevant and appropriate. And finally, tip number five, share positive attitudes about math. Before we part, this section of the podcast called Cut That Out is one I do every time. Here I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the five teaching math tips to think about, plan, and practice in your classroom. You can find the handout on my website at pagehendricks.com along with today's show notes. so much for joining me this week. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E Hendricks.com. Before we go, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to get off the dotted line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you.
Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time.